My name is Carrie Ginger, and I'm your host of Biteable Foods podcast, Know Better, Live Best. Today's guest is Chris Comenti, an urban farming and customer success professional. For the last decade, he has worked as a volunteer co-manager of Almany Farm, San Francisco's largest urban farm, which produces over 24,000 pounds of organic fruits and vegetables annually. Listen as he discusses how Almany Farm does their part in building a better food system and community. Know Better Live Best is dedicated to supporting food and health literacy in people of all ages. Our mission is to cut through the misinformation surrounding food, health, and nutrition because we believe that when people know better, they can make the right choices and live their best lives. We are presented by Biteable Foods. They use blockchain and Internet of Things technology to build traceable, transparent food systems because it shouldn't take an investigative journalist to find out where food comes from. Hello, everyone. I am here with Chris Comenti of Almany Farms. So hi, Chris. Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your role at Almany Farms. Sure. So, um, well, I think I'm, I'm kind of a hybrid professional, as, as I think many folks are here in San Francisco. Um, and that is, I'm a co-manager at Almany Farm, but I'm also a tech worker. So Almany Farm is a volunteer-run organization. So the majority of us has full-time, full-time jobs, um, and this is kind of our passion project, I would say. So as a, as a co-manager, um, I, I handle the education aspects, um, vol- uh, running volunteer days, um, and just kind of the, you know, I share the responsibility with, with uh, nine other colleagues, I would say, um, in making the site function. So it's a pretty amazing project that you guys are running. I was on your website and just the different things you have, like so the volunteer, there's, um, I think, well, a few days a month, I want to say, was it like every other Sunday or something like that? Do you want to tell us about how that works for um, anyone who wants to help out? Yeah, certainly. I mean, since, since we not only have a, a volunteer management structure, we also have basically have a volunteer labor structure. So, um, you know, as I said, the site is, I would say, 99% volunteer run. We do have a couple um, like part-time paid staff right now, um, but we run two dedicated volunteer days a week. Um, those alternate on the weekends, uh, alternating Saturdays and Sundays, and then every Monday. Um, that's kind of our, our core outreach. This is when we have scheduled groups come out or a lot of uh, walk-in folks um, that are just coming to get their hands dirty. So you're, you have your hands full. So, but this is, like you said, it's your passion. It's what you really enjoy doing because we all know there's not enough hours in the day, even though we all get the same amount of hours, <laughs> but not enough for what you want to do. Where did this passion stem from? Why is this so important to you? Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. I think it's all, it was all very um, unconscious, right? Um, I kind of look back over, over my history and how I ended up at Alamany Farm. And it was, uh, first of all, it was a combination of, um, I was an ag truck driver. Um, I hauled California's tomato crops for 10 summers. That's what put me through college and my master's degree. So I think not really knowing it, but that kind of started this idea of, you know, like how the workers were being traded. Um, I was constantly getting sprayed by crop dusters, right? Um, and just kind of the, you know, the landscape of, of food production in general, hauling so many thousands of pounds of tomatoes. Um, um, that kind of turned into a lot of international travel, South America, Europe, a lot of trips across the uh, United States, and just kind of exploring farmer's markets, right? Cooking with whole foods, um, mm-hmm. seeing different um, uh, farming practices, stuff that was more, more local. Um, and um, 
this eventually turned somehow into me becoming a catering cook, right? So now I'm actually like working with the ingredients. Um, it just seems so important to me to know where the uh, products we were buying were coming from. Um, I could sell them to the client. They were better to work with. Um, and really all of this came, came back to alimony farm, right? And I was brought out there by my wife, actually. She went out there a year before me. Um, I thought she was absolutely crazy. Um, I, was already, uh, I was already working a full-time um, software job and uh, doing some moonlight catering at that time. I couldn't even imagine because um, I know farming's work, right? Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've seen it in practice. Um, so to me at first it was just work. But as soon as I got out there, kind of all that unconscious, all those unconscious things that were happening, they just all came together and I realized my food politics and, and I was just completely hooked, mm -hmm. completely hooked on learning about becoming my own food producer. Then it became being hooked on teaching people how to become their own food producers, um, learning about where our food comes from, the local connections as far as the environment. I mean, I could go on and on. It just, you know, that passion grew over a 10 year period, but, um, but it happened. Right. It's kind of like you know how you got there, but it wasn't maybe your intent at first. It's kind of, you know, something got you into it and you became more curious and you were seeking information. And like you yeah. said, your passions just grew. They grew. There were no classes. I didn't take a class on it, <laughs> you know. Um, it just it just happened naturally, which I which I think is nice. Right. Yeah. Farmers are some of the hardest workers. I know my father-in-law's a farmer. And when we get to go out there and visit, especially during harvest time, it's unreal the amount of work, but how passionate he is about it and how sure. he can talk about it and the love he's instilling in my little boys when they want to get out there on <laughs> the farm too. We wish we'd live closer, but it's it's amazing the work that goes in and the passion you have to have to deal with that. Absolutely. So, Albany Farm, you obviously have, I think you said, nine other coworkers that are kind of helping. Yeah, I'm one of, I'm one of nine volunteer co-managers. And then uh, about a year and a half ago, we made a big effort to actually raise enough money to hire a farm manager and um, to help us propel some of our pr programs. And we were successful. And we have now um, a part-time staff and almost a full-time staff now. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So what's um, almost from a like core mission, like the main, the main mission you guys have in mind? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we kind of um, work on a few things. I would say there's four core things on our site. Um, I'd say the big one is, is environmental education. Um, you know, we're, when we're out there and we're working in a bed or we're weeding, we're also taking that opportunity to talk to people about local food production, sustainable food production, right? So it's always this education opportunity while you're, while you're doing things. Um, food security is a, is a huge part. Um, some of that is, is both the providing of the food. Um, so we're, we're coming up on 13 tons of produce this year. So we're providing those 13 tons to people. Um, and then also teaching people how to become their own food producers, right? I mean, this is, this is really big to have that knowledge and know that you can provide some of that security for yourself. Um, another thing that I really like um, is we say we like to grow leaders, right? So we have a dedicated internship program. We, uh, we encourage people kind of in the community spirit of barn raising while we're out there. It's like, I don't come out there and say, I'm the expert and this is how you do it. Kind of like, hey, we could do it this way. What do people think, right? So we, we encourage people to come leaders and make decisions with us. Um, and sometimes their decisions are better than ours, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and then job skills, big thing, right? The things we are doing out there, using sustainable farming practices, the greenhouse, the internship, pro internship programs, 
people are building job skills. They might not even realize it. Right. Our in, I, I mean, our interns do. Our last group of three interns all got um, jobs based on these skills. One is working in a greenhouse in the rec and park department. Another one is in the urban farm division now. Another one's in the volunteer division. I mean, they got their skills in a six-month um, session, basically, but enough so that they could get a job, right? So those are kind of the four core areas that we, we, uh, we look at. So I'm kind of fascinated by the internship programs. Can you tell us a little more about that? Like, do you take so many a year, or is it like in a six-month increment? Um, yeah, so they're, um, you know, this is one of the big drives to bring in, um, bring in say, a paid um, farm manager who can mm-hmm. really kind of run that. You can imagine on a volunteer basis, it's hard to make that dedication. So, so now um, we're running, basically we have open applications a couple times a year. Um, and, you know, you can see that on our website. We promote it during our volunteer work days. Uh, we're, you know, we're mostly getting college students, I would say. Um, and yeah, they're, they're kind of six month cycles. They're, they'll take you through that particular period. Since we're California, we're growing year round. So mm-hmm. There's always greenhouse activity. There's always planting activity. So, you know, you don't have to come in in the spring where it's a traditional season, right? Our season is, it never ends, right? Right. So, um, and and those internships are not only horticultural, but then they're also leadership building. They're also um, office management stuff, right? I mean, you can't be a farmer or a business person and not work a spreadsheet, right? So we have people take on those tasks or help with grant writing. So it's, you know, it's got mul- multiple levels, um, but it's just bringing people into, in, into the farm, basically. And I think it would, be, it would be helpful in any position that some would go into. Farming, it, it's hard work. It's hard work, and you have to appreciate it. And I think it opens your eyes to, I, I think, what challenges other people have, um, but also what's worth it. And I think you, yeah. you can't be a farmer and not work hard. <laughs> It's, it's not, I, I, I really don't think it's possible. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's not yeah. possible. So I am really impressed by how you donate all your produce. Like you said, this like, volunteer basis. Now you were able to hire some people, which I think is fabulous, but you donate all of this produce. So how do you have certain companies you donate it to? Are there families that come in? How does that work? Um, I, I would say we kind of focus in, in three core areas, um, and probably our, our main area and our largest donation is um, we donate to uh, what's called the free farm stand. So that's basically what it is. It is a free farm stand that sets up in the Mission District, which is a neighborhood in San Francisco, every Sunday. And the gentleman who runs that, his name is Tree. He collects fresh produce across the city, and he sets up, and he gives away all of it to free for people who, who are in need of that food. And so... I would say a good 45% is kind of our range of what we donate to him of our total production. So every Friday is Harvest Friday. Everything we have available, we harvest. That goes into refrigeration that evening. Um, and then it's um, and then he, he gives it out on Sundays. So that's kind of our, our big donation um, to that group. Um, the other thing that I probably participate most in is, this, is the sweat equity program. So this is this is, hey, you come out and you help us keep this place going. You take home fresh produce at the end of the day. So right. at the end of every workday, we harvest whatever's ready. Um, twofold, you have to do that to keep the plants growing. But I think it's kind of, you know, you've been doing all this work and maybe you're starting to come back and you're starting to see the fruits of your labor. So mm-hmm. I think this is really nice. Um, and then the, the last one is, um, I think, is the most interesting and probably sometimes the most controversial is kind of our, it's kind of like a you pick program right? Where 
we don't necessarily encourage, but we do not discourage people in need um, to come and harvest. Um, when we're there, when we're not there, um, we encourage them to be part of volunteer activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we help them learn harvest, harvesting skills when folks are there. Um, you know, but we, you know, we wanted to have enough production so that the community could, could come and, and, and get things if they need them. So those are kind of our, our, our three areas, I would say. Well, I think that's important. If they take their time out, like I said, even if you're not there, their time out of their day to go harvest and they're picking food for their family or themselves. I think it's a fabulous thing that it's there and it's not frowned upon and maybe they don't have as much guilt and they're eating great food. I mean, I mean, you can't get any more local than, you know, directly in the city. So, um, and it's, it's all organic. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, we're building community, right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, um, you know, that program is important to us. Um, you know, sometimes it can be met with some resistance, which I think is a natural thing. Right. Um, but it also gives us opportunities to reach out to more people that we might not otherwise be able to. Mm-hmm. And spark interest. I'm sure when they come out and maybe it's just because they need food, but I'm sure they're learning and finding things out that they didn't know before. So yeah, they may have Absolutely. come in because they need to feed, you know, <laughs> they need to feed themselves and their family, but they come out with more, much more than that. Sure. I mean, we definitely, I mean, you know, there are folks and families that we know now, you know, by, by first name and stuff. And uh, like I said, that's the community aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're growing enough to give away. It's not, you know, um, sure, if it were a production farm where there was a, where there was a, a bottom line, that's a different story, but right. we're, we're trying to build something different. Absolutely. So I assume you get a lot of families that come out. Cause I can just, I have um, three little children myself. Um, my oldest, my two oldest are boys. I would actually be able to go help with um, harvesting. And I can just imagine them going through, cause they love our own little garden we have in our backyard. <laughs> We're in the Midwest. So obviously it's not year round and they love it. They remind us to go out and get it. So I can yeah. only imagine you probably get quite a few families that come in and it might be something for the kids to do as well. Absolutely. A lot, a lot of parents bring their kids there. We've got, um, you know, regular groups of parents that it's kind of like a, a, a normal weekend outing. It might, they just might come for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, you think about it, we've got now more than 50% of the population living in dense urban environments, right? So many people don't even know what a farm or the rural environment is, right? And mm-hmm. so I think a lot of parents want to try to create that food connection early on. And here they go, they've got a three and a half acre you know, I would say kind of market garden production scale farm, right? So it's not, you know, a small plot with some raised beds. Like we have 50 foot beds. We're row cropping, right? We have um, an urban orchard. We have 140 fruit trees. Um, you know, so, 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 you know, we get a lot of kids and they're fantastic. And, and watching them work and watching them be amazed and watching them, you know, ask questions you can't answer um, is also like just a huge, a huge part of that. Again, kind of building that, that community and, and just, you know, having it evolve around this, this educational aspect. Mm-hmm. I get so excited about that. I'm a kindergarten teacher myself. And when you go on field trips or if you stop what you're currently teaching because a child takes an interest in something else you're talking about, you just see the spark in their eyes and they light yeah. up because it's something they want to learn about and they're physically seeing it and you're building the vocabulary and you're building those experiences, um, but also bonding with family. So that part, I love all of this, but there's just something special when children come into the picture and just their innocence and seeing what's possible from out there. It's not, you oh, just yeah. don't go to the grocery store to pick out your produce. I mean, you do, 
That's yeah. but what happens before it gets to the grocery store or where else can you go besides yeah. the grocery store to find food? Absolutely. And they're, and they're getting that firsthand knowledge of planting something, right? Of mm -hmm. knowing what a green bean bush looks like. You know, these are yeah. things that unfortunately a, a, a large majority of us just don't know, or you know, maybe we don't have to know it, but we also don't appreciate it. You know? Right. And there is a big appreciation that comes from growing up. We just had a little garden, but just saying, and my husband did most of that work as I was in the little <laughs> one, but I'll be honest, give him the credit, but taking my boys and I can watch from the window, how they're asking questions and enjoying it. Now I still wish they'd eat more of it, but I'm hoping eventually that will, you know, maybe come off on them and they'll care a little more. But for now it, it makes me feel good that they know what this great like whole foods come from and that we know it's healthy we know it's good for you and this is how we grow it because it sure. is important to know those type of things absolutely so besides maybe just families coming out not just because there's a ton of learning how else do you promote education and you did touch on a bit earlier but i'd love to know anything else yeah i, I think um you know there's a couple couple key areas and i think uh one of the first ones um which is i, I think a little bit overlooked is is access right like mm -hmm. For 10 years, um, I've been a part of a group that has stewarded this space, right? Um, and, um, and now it's basically a world-class urban farm and people can access it. It's a, it's a public park. It's open 365 days a year from sunup to sundown. So it's kind of that providing that access, right? I mean, in, you know, before Alamany started in, in, um, you know, in, the, in the early 90s, I mean, it was an impromptu dump and a motorcycle track, right? Mm -hmm. So... You know, so steering this space and, 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 and now providing, you know, a, like a, you know, a public park in a way that's, that's growing food. Um, so a lot of it is, then the second thing is just the site visits, right? So um, it's amazing seeing the acceleration. I mean, when we, I think when we st first started taking records in, in 2010, we had 38 groups that signed up for kind of like a dedicated visit. Um, and that was about 500 people. Um, this year, we're up to a little over 200 groups that have signed up and 1,300 people that have come to the site. And that's just the dedicated group. That doesn't even count the walk-in volunteers, which average 20 to 30 people on the weekends, right? So, um, so site visits, which include, um, we've got um, summer cooking camps, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, our Rec and Park Division, because we've stewarded this land now, runs two eight-week summer camps. Right. Um, we, we have a partnership with uh, what's called a, a youth um, stewardship program. So um, that we're not trained educators. We have a group now where we can um, kind of pass like the younger, the younger kids, elementary school kids, things like that to a group that then comes out there and we work with them um, on, on the day's tasks. So um, just a lot of kind of increased site visits um, are a huge way that we're fostering education. Um, and I touched on a little bit, it's really the hands-on, right? I mean, you know, when you're talking, that's one thing. When you're talking mm -hmm. and then putting it into practice, it's there. It might not be there that day. It might might come five years later, but you've put it into practice and now it's real. Oh, yeah, I did, I did plant some kale. Um, I did compost, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's really like a huge, a huge part of the fostering is this hands-on stuff that we've, that we've really kind of lost in a lot of our education. Um, and I think that the last one, which, which I like, especially with kids on the weekends, is just, just exploration, just fun, right? So when I'm there and I'm like, hey, you need to wash your hands, and I bring them over to the California lilac bush, and we cut off flowers, and they rub them together, and it creates a lather, right? So nature's wonders, or um, 
you know, our, our, our non-fruiting uh, passion fruit vine where you can suck the nectar out of the back of the flower, right? All these little things, you know, just people, even adults, right? They're just amazed. They're like, they can't believe this exfoliating foam coming from this flower, you know? Um, so, you know, just creating a, a fun space where, where it's there to explore, you know? You just walk around and, and find things and touch them and smell your hands, you know, so many sensory things. See, I think I would have been one of those adults that was amazed by <laughs> well, you, you know what happens, but it's fun to see it. Do you have any do you have any funny stories where any of the children like just absolutely amazed? I can just I just I can picture these faces on these yeah, children. I mean, it is, you know, I mean it, typically, you know, when they kind of start seeing the lather foam up on their hands, they just kind of can't believe it, right? Um, or, you know, you go through this whole process of kind of unfolding the, the passion fruit flower and, and then biting it and, you know, directing them to look inside to make sure there's no ant and, you know, and there's all this kind of amazement. And then all of a sudden they get this, like, this big burst of nectar, you know, and just like, you can see the head start going, right? How is this possible? And then you can start talking about hummingbirds and, you know, all these different connections and everything. So, um, you know, I think, I think you know, maybe some of that too, that hands-on stuff in our, in our traditional kind of education system, we're, we're missing that, that play. Yeah. That and kind of sparks creativity, you know? Well, and that's, that's how children learn because every time they go back to the farm, they're going to learn something new. Like you said, Absolutely. you, the, it doesn't just stop at the nectar. You know, how does the nectar get there? Where, where does the pollination, what happens with everything? And the kids can keep asking questions and it might lead down one path. And the next time it leans on another path, it's, it's, it's endless. I don't think it's, anyone can go no. there and not learn something. No, they're learning something and, and even the more practical things, right? I mean, you know, measurement is a huge thing, you know, each plant has a different spacing in the planting, you know, teaching the measurements, how to plant all these kinds of kinds of things, you know, um, from the more practical to, to the fun. So, mm -hmm. um, it really is a hands-on education environment. And I think that the, kind of the fun part, and as I said, the hands-on part just really solidifies the, the lesson for the day. Absolutely. And this is the future right here. So if we're getting them curious about where food comes from, it'll help change our future and how we view food and the importance of food and knowing where it comes from and the health yeah. aspects it plays on your body, but also the earth and everything. It all comes together. I've even learned so much through these podcasts because this is something that I'm starting to become very passionate about and things I'm learning just through my own health um, and changing my body and just being lively for my children. It's just amazing what, where I started and what I'm learning, just yeah. like the children at the farm. I, I didn't yeah. know I'd come down this path. I'm happy I have, <laughs> but I know <laughs> yeah, I am no. here. No, I, I, I definitely feel even at a small grassroots level that Alamania is participating in creating some of our next great food advocates and entrepreneurs. No, I mean, you, this, this is it. This is the beginning for some people, I think. This is, and you talked a lot about just um, building the community with Almany Farm and with the people coming together and work and you're helping um, the less fortunate, but you're also helping anyone who just wants to come and have freshly grown food and know where it comes from. Are there any other, um, I guess, areas you've noticed in the community that Almany Farms has helped? I know you've done just with the internships and um, the education. Well, I mean, uh, you know, a, a big one that we just piloted last year and that I think we're really going to push hard on this year as part of our new, one of our, our newest hires, part-time hires, um, is a true jobs program. 
So we piloted a uh, jobs program, which is a paid stipend for the, for the students. Um, we recruit um, primarily directly from the neighborhoods surrounding the, the space. So um, for us, this is a big deal, right? It's kind of like, one, promoting green job skills. Um, to backing it up with um, with a wage, right? I mean, you know, once you start working, you understand a little bit more about money, and so mm-hmm. um, you know, this gets um, some of these um, these young high school kids, even some young adults that we're approaching, um, more engaged, right? They're like, "Wow, I enjoy this. Um, I can make a living from it," right? So, um, I think that's a big one for us, and something we're really we're really pushing hard on, um, and it's part of some of our grant writing, and as I said, some of our hiring. So. All the work that goes into this. I'm just hearing more and more about everything all my friends is doing. You probably would wonder sometimes, how does that all get done? (laughs) I think we, I think we all do. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like obviously you work well together and you have things planned out, but still at the end of the day, that's a lot of work, but it's something you care about and it's helping your community. Absolutely. Yeah. I love, I'm switching gears just a little bit, but still about the community. I was on the website and I loved the cooking classes and you touched on it a little bit earlier, but I was looking how um, cooking seasonally, obviously mm-hmm. with what you harvest, um, there's also like pickling. Those are the two that really stood out to me. Yep. Is that a pretty good turnout, the cooking classes? For sure. I mean, I would say that all of our workshops right now um, have a waiting list oh. with them. So, um, so we're, we're definitely maxed out. And I would say that those are... Those are so much fun because oftentimes they include simply walking into the garden mm-hmm. and harvesting something and then turning it into a pickle or a salad or something like that, right? And it's not so much that we're, um, you know, teaching people how to cook, right? I mean, people people know how to cook and uh, we're just kind of s- introducing them to new recipes or, or, or different ingredients, right? Um, different ways to use things. Um, and... Yeah, they're extremely popular. They're fun. You know, we had an outdoor kitchen built for us by a, um, by a university we collaborated with, um, you know, and it's got the barbecue pits and everything. And, you know, we do two festivals a year, and that's kind of our, our, our focal point. We have a, you know, raised bed kitchen garden that surrounds it as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's great. It's, you know, people, people definitely get into it, you know. So incredibly amazing. And it is the eat ingredients. I feel like when, um, with our garden, you'd get so much like zucchini was one that boy, does that just produce. And yeah. after a long, I'm like, what else can I make? We're making zucchini muffins and zoodles and this yeah. zucchini bread. I'm like, I need some new ideas. There's so much you can do with it. It's just sometimes just talking to someone else that has another idea of things you can make or for those picky eaters or what, whatever I think you can Ab- do. Absolutely. It's just, I mean, that's really what it is. You know, it's kind of like, Hey, here's some new ideas that we can came up with because we're actually producing the food and we know what excess is and we and we definitely don't want to get caught up in a food waste stream right so it's kind of pickling and 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 trying different things to you know pawn them off on your kids and your family you know yeah we can all get in a cooking rut oh i'm currently in one ask my husband (laughs) but but it is it's that food waste it is almost painful if you let something go painful i feel it it is painful um a lot of like the fruit in our house never goes bad my kids are really good about the fruit it's the vegetables that we're still working on but if by (laughs) chance we get to the end of the bananas and i know i'm not going to be able to get something made i hand it off to my mom because she will make something that night she's this woman i know but somehow the next morning something's going to be made out of those bananas (laughs) and it's just i feel better even though i didn't do it but at least something's happening with this because it is the most one of the most painful things is to have to throw yeah. it away that went bad. <laughs> so um, we've talked 
quite a bit about where the food comes from, inviteable foods, sourcing of food, transparency, just knowing knowing where your food comes from is so important and like something I've developed over time too. Why is that so important to Albany Farm? And you have touched on this, but it's yeah. just such an important topic. I mean, you know, I think some of the, you know, the bigger areas are the bigger themes that, um, that are kind of universal, right? Um, I mean, there's a, there's a health aspect. So for me, one, it's, it's health as the nutrition, right? Um, you know, knowing where my food comes from, knowing who grew it and the practice that they use allows me just to make a better decision as a consumer, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then it's also, you know, fortunately, which is very much in the news right now, is, is, uh, is it safe to eat, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so that, is, that is unfortunately becoming, more, you know, a very critical thing for us. Um, so is it safe to eat? At Alamany Farm, everyone can see the practices we use, um, you know, so they have a good idea whether it's safe or not. You know, a big question for us is lead because we're near a freeway, right? So, you know, we definitely have our documentation. We're thoroughly tested, um, you know, regularly for, for, for lead content and stuff like that. So, uh, again, is it safe to eat? Are there any, any issues? And that's specific to your environment. Um, so then, and then I guess on the, on uh, the big one too is on, on the environment side, right? Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, the local kind of organic, um, movement, I would say, um, you know, but it's more, is it sustainable, you know, um, and sustainable is, is it's much bigger. That's not only the, you know, it's the practices, um, you know, it's also, is it sustainable for the farmer? Are they making enough money to, to mm -hmm. keep producing this food for us? Right. So, um, that helps me make decisions as a consumer. Um, uh, and I think just on a, on a different level, it's um, connection, right? Uh, I, 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 I personally feel that there's a, there's a divide between uh, farmer and consumer, right? So when we know where our food comes from, we're getting to know the farmer. We're getting to know the, these like amazing men and women that, um, that are producing this for us, that are, that are, sustaining us right it's basically they're giving us the one thing that we all need so um kind of that connection between um between urban and rural i think is, is becoming more and more critical uh as more people move to urban environments right um and then uh, you know i'd probably say um culture right i mean you know food is so much to do with our culture our family our friends our memories our history um so you know Knowing where your food comes from, I mean, it's this, it's, for me, it's this big combination of things, mm -hmm. right? Um, that touches all the way down from nutrition and safety all the way back to, you know, our grandparents' stories. Um, so. Oh, I agree. And it is scary. And I know these news stories, I think everyone can relate to of opening their fridge and not being sure and throwing it in the garbage <laughs> because you don't want to be sick. I mean, it's painful to throw away food you paid for, but you also don't want to take the chances of getting sick. And you very well could have thrown away good food, but Absolutely. it's not worth it. And that's why we started our garden um, in the backyard a couple of years ago as well. Before I really even had gotten into the health of just my own body, I wanted to reduce inflammation and be able to move better for my children because of back and knee issues. But the more research I've done, the more important food has become for me. Now it's not just a way to maybe look better and um, you know lose weight. Like They can be pretty easy to be your motivation. Now it truly is, how do I feel? Yeah. When I eat yeah. this food. And then it's yeah. not just eating fruits and vegetables. It's, you know, knowing a little bit more about your food that I would have never guessed even a couple of years ago, but it was a thing. I just was unsure and just bought and 
ate what sure. I wanted. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and you know, it makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, I grew up, I grew up that way. I mean, my connection to food, I said, is, is, is maybe a decade old, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just amazing. Um, you know, like just, uh, I don't know when I buy food now and I, and I understand where it's coming from the location, I have an idea about the farm that's producing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that means a lot. Now it's not going to be for everyone, but that doesn't mean that, no. that we can't start building that system, right. Um, for something that's so important. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely agree. And just, it goes back to the education that Alma Farm is providing for the community. It really does go back to education. Once you know more and you know what's best for you, you do want to get more information. You ask sure. questions and, and it might even improve your life a little bit. And that's great. It might improve the environment a little bit at a time. It's, yep. You don't have to change everything. Yeah. But, I, you know, but I also think that this is going to ultimately improve the farmer's life. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that farmers need to get paid more money for the work they do. Right. So mm-hmm. this education and raising the awareness of the, of the importance of food, I think will make, at least for Americans, that food necessarily isn't cheap. It's not a commodity. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's part of our education pitch too. It's like, okay, well, yeah, things do cost a little bit more money. There's a reason behind it. Right. Um, and so, so yeah, knowing where your food comes from is, is critical. And, you know, I think, I think one day this won't even be a question and it'll just be, it'll be the standard, you know? I agree. I have seen things change even over the short time that I've really been focusing on it. And even just friends of mine or other communities talking because farmers, they deserve a lot more credit than get. I mean, I know a lot of people do appreciate them, but I feel like everyone should know about the hard work that goes on. And when I do pay for food, I'm not worried necessarily about the price. I'm really looking into the food at this point. And I'm willing to pay the price to not pay the price with something else later because it is that worth it. And if everyone understands that, it's it's worth it. You appreciate where your food comes from because you probably checked into it a little Mm -hmm. more and you can really thank that local farmer um, or that farmer in your life. Like I said, my father-in-law is a farmer and I cannot say enough wonderful things (laughs) about him and the hard work that goes into that and what he's teaching my boys (laughs) as well when he's around there. So thinking of farms in the future, what is kind of your vision or your hope for urban farms? Urban farms? Um, Well, I, I, you know... I think urban farms are really going to become these, these true incubators, right? I mean, in the tech world, we talk about, you know, tech incubators, right? And the next mm-hmm. amazing technology in the sport where, well, where are we developing, um, you know, our next food advocates, our next food entrepreneurs, um, our first generation farmers, where, where are we developing our first generation farmers, right? Um, and again, kind of that point where so many people coming to cities, right? You know, humans are pretty amazing, right? You start, you know, like I said, we've had people, they start coming to the farm. All of a sudden, they're coming every weekend. You know, a year goes by and they've joined, a, you know, a farm school at a university. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like these things are happening, right? They're happening in cities. So um, really kind of, I, I would like to see them be more more as an incubator and, mm-hmm. and truly dedicated in, in grabbing people that are showing interest and directing them into the, the these kinds of streams, right? Whether that's ag tech or first-generation farming, what have you. Um, uh, again, on the community aspect, right? So a gathering space, you know, a true gathering space where people can come and gather around, um, gather around food, gather around, um, uh, you know, environment, environmental issues that are around food um, and have those kind of open discussions. Is that, you know, I, I mean, I've probably had some of my most amazing discussions just weeding, 
right? Um, you know, your guards down, you're just chatting and, um, you know, you learn a lot through those, um, through those types of types of talks that you're not defensive. Um, so, so gathering spaces, um, yeah, I think, I think those are kind of the two things that I see the future of farms. So it's kind of, you know, really for cities to, um, I don't know, to invest in it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a lot of these things I, I feel tend to be started by like, like a group like us. Like, I mean, we right. literally squatted that piece of land, mm -hmm. right? We started gorilla gardening it. And after a while, the city had to sign a management agreement with us, you know, so we, we took it. Right. Um, so instead of that route, you know, maybe we have leaders in the city organization understanding that this is part of, you know, the broader community. Right. Right. Well, everyone in the city needs to eat, so we can we can be a part of of developing those later's through some urban farm incubator programs and and kind of financing those because you know that kind of gets to then the issues right where it's access to land is one of the biggest problems right access mm -hmm. to land that is also long term lease right you put all this effort in and then maybe it disappears in two years um, and then just you know still financial resources I mean for what 12 years we ran on i don't know maybe a two thousand dollar a year budget you know because wow. we were 100 percent volunteer run you know right so uh i mean it's just it's just amazing you know so more support in that area you know and i think for us you know the city's definitely starting to see it now they're running programs out of our site they're seeing that our site is one of the largest volunteer sites in the city right um you know they track the numbers of people going there so um I think the future is bright, but, uh, you know, land, land will be a problem for sure as, as things get more dense. Well, it will. We see things going up all the time. I mean, the land is going quickly and then also making sure the land that you buy, except obviously a lot of work would go into that to, yeah. to make it work to even start what you're doing. But you touched on something a little bit ago that's so important. It starts as a discussion with how to you know help grow the food or get things started and not be controversial you're just having a discussion you can have an mm -hmm. open mind you cannot agree but talk about to see each other's sides and you might come to a common meeting ground it's, it's that discussion it's so important it's not just saying it's my way and that's the only way like you said yeah. your guards down <laughs> you're talking and you're you are a part of this dream like you're starting this dream it's not just something that you're saying like wouldn't that be nice if this happened someday <laughs> like you're making it happen and you talked about the challenges that are going to come up with this like you said the future is bright and you have to meet those challenges sure. and take them on and find a way, which is what you're doing. I'm yeah. so amazed and impressed because I can only imagine how difficult that is. Um, I said just the financial part. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I mean, you know, and, and um, you know, I said also as a volunteer group, I mean, you know, we've been successful in writing some grants, but that's not necessarily our skill set or, or, you know, what we have time for. So, you know, it is complicated. So yeah, it's just sometimes it surprises me. I think, you know, that more cities aren't kind of dedicating some budget to something like this. I mean, we do have an urban farm division now within the city of San Francisco. Um, but it's kind of, you know, we get support, but let's say it's not financial, right? Sure. And that's what, you know, still helps us maintain our workshops, our internship program, our jobs program. Um, you know, buying the seeds, maintaining our greenhouse, 
Um, you know, we will all, I think we will always have a strong core volunteer group, um, you know, but to really push that kind of that education um, up and over the hill, you know, you need to know someone's dedicated there mm-hmm. um, so many hours a day, you know. I, but I, we'll I, see. There's, there's people working on these things. I mean, I definitely talked to a, a consultant that only does urban farm consulting, you know, and he's working with all kinds of different cities um, to build both, both soil-based and vertical farm-based urban farms, right? It, it's, you know, it can still be a hydroponic system, right? Again, you're, that's going to be a component in our food system, you know. It, I'm amazed that even just um, hearing the jobs that are out there that are working on these things, like some of the stuff is new to me. And so when I start yeah. learning about it and then I hearing everything that's been going on behind the scenes for so long, I'm so thankful. Then you see, oh, I wish we, you know, it could be a little further with this, it's, you know, since it's something that has been in progress. So do you want to touch at all on um, maybe just the future of farming that's maybe outside of the urban farms? Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I definitely think, uh, the future is going to be sustainable. Um, now, and again, that could be a a big, a big buzzword, but when I say sustainable, that's both farming practices. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about, um, biodiversity, crop rotation, um, no-till ag, um, right. Some real sustainable practices that are stewarding this land for future generations. Um, and for me, really, incomes, right? Like farmers need to start um, having more of a living wage and the people that work in agriculture need to start having more of a living wage, um, you know. So, so sustainability is both those things, um, practices and incomes. Um, I think the future is also going to be vertical, right? So I think that we are starting to see. Um, it's, it's very small and nascent right now, but, um, you know, I think there are just some crops, some leafy greens that probably makes more sense to grow in a warehouse, um, you know, a two mile truck drive from its location instead of trucking it from California to New York. Mm, right. Like so, that. so I think again, so now it's kind of like that environmental side of it. You know, we got to start looking at the carbon footprint. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, at, like we have a problem in ag and it's not going to be solved by one thing. It's going to be solved right. by a few things, I think. So sustainable vertical, um, and I think, you know, it's going to be transparent, right? I think for the first time, we are going to be able to track from, from seed to plate. Um, we're going to know the farmer that was involved in it. We're going to know, um, the, the, you know, if we want to go this deep, we're going to be able to know the soil composition, you know. Right. Uh, what we'll, we'll know. And we uh, are going to become more powerful consumers. And as a result, that's going to benefit the farmer. And I think it's going to benefit um, the environment. Yeah, so I think those are kind of the, the core, the three core things I see for the future of farming. You know what? I obviously I do not have the background knowledge of you at all. I talk um, with amazing guests like you for the information, but it excites me to hear what you, um, your thoughts are and hopes and what you see really happening in the future that it's hopefully going down the right path. And like I said, being able to know exactly where your food comes from um, with the technology. And I, it's, I think it's great to hear you say that it's good for the farmer. I, you know, I want people to know that because they work hard and they should be credited to everything they do. Yeah. You know, absolutely. and you be tracked once it leaves there, like, yeah, you did everything great with it. And then, you know, then what happens to it? You know, that farmer worked so incredibly hard. And like I said, they need that living wage because yes, you have to be passionate about farming and you have to love to do it. <laughs> but 
guess what? You should also be able to live yeah. and um, take vacations and uh, support your family. It's a yeah. passion, but it's a hard work <laughs> and it needs to be paid for. <laughs> Um, so I want to make sure that listeners can find you because this, um, your website, I really enjoyed being on. I think it's just, um, gives us a new thought on what's out there that is new information for us. So I want to make sure all the listeners can find you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think as far, you know, if you, if you want to get involved or find out where, where Alimony Farm is, I mean, the best thing to do, as you said, is visit the website, which is Mm -hmm. alimonyfarm.org. Um, it's pretty well laid out. We, we recently just, up, you know, did an upgrade on it. So we're pretty happy with it. Making it mobile friendly is probably the most, most critical thing in this day and age. So, yeah. um, you know, on there, there's, there's quick links uh, that have all of our opportunities, whether it be um, internship programs, there's a link for that. There's a link for workshops. There's a, um, the volunteer link that has the full calendar. Um, so, you know, that's, you know, that's the best way to get in touch with us. And then of course, then it has its contact information. So, we're always scanning our, our inboxes for information and we'll get back to people. Um, and then, you know, as I really touched on, we're still primarily a volunteer run group, you know, both management and labor is primarily volunteer. So come out and volunteer, spread the word to your friends that live in the area, tell people about it. If you're traveling, stop in, you'd be surprised how many people, how many travelers just pop in, like they're traveling from Europe and they read about us and they wanted to come and, and work for a day. So, um, you know, help us to continue to support our work through, through that volunteer effort. Um, and then, of course, you know, we touched on the financial side. So we have a big help us grow link, which is basically our, our donate button, right? So um, classic donations are still how we um, pay for the majority of the stuff on the site, which is, which are tools, um, seeds, um, you know, everything that goes into farming, our, our floating row cover, you know, various forms of wire and twine and, you know, I mean, tools. So, um, so that donate button is, like I said, I think our grants are what allowed us to hire a couple people, but it's our donations that really run the space, you know? So any donations are, um, are, 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 we're always grateful for them. And then, and then on the, on the, on the bigger side, if you are in this movement or, you know, um, in the farming community and, or, you know, and have, have, filed a grant for yourself that's specific to urban agriculture, it's very difficult to find these things, right? I think we spend most of our time just vetting if we should even apply for something. Um, So if anyone's just like, hey, you should apply for this one. This is exactly what you're doing. Um, You know, shoot us an email, send us the link. Um, As I said, it's it's quite laborious just trying to find that one grant that will kind of get us, uh, you know, into the next fiscal year. So that's always helpful. Right. Yeah. Listeners out there, seriously, check out the website, Almany Farm. I was on there for quite a while. It's amazing. Um, donations, absolutely. Because even if they don't live in your area, that donation is still working towards something greater for all of our futures. Because word travels quickly and what people are working on, they work together. So, you know, you're in San Francisco, but you know, across the country, someone could be trying to start an urban farm or anything that's going to help us. So your donation, I think across the country would be, like I said, much appreciated. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, California is still the largest largest food producer in the nation. So uh, help us create some first generation farmers or, or some, some technology entrepreneurs to, you know, develop that transparency model that we all need and deserve. Oh, I agree. Definitely need and deserve. I do have one last question real quick. You mentioned earlier, I meant to ask you, um, you've done some traveling. 
yeah. based on this, what's, what's your favorite place you've been? <laughs> I love hearing wow. these stories. Wow. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to say, you know, I lived in, in Spain for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to say Barcelona because that's also where I met my wife. So it's, it's pretty, wow. you know, particular and special to my heart. So, um, you know, has a lot of similarities to San Francisco as far as culture and activities yeah. and stuff. So, so yeah, I've been all around Europe and the States and South America. I think Barcelona was, uh, was my biggest, my biggest eye opener. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, meet your wife too. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a life changer. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, gotta put that one in. <laughs> absolutely. She'll appreciate that when she's listening. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Chris, I really do appreciate you coming on um, for Vital Foods No Better Live Best podcast. And I've learned a ton tonight and the listeners will. So listeners, one more time, check out almanyfarm.org and um, just look into everything that you guys are doing and you won't be disappointed. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. I mean, we really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Chris. All right. Bye. Bye.